0: Welcome back, guys. It is The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. We're about to get into our Bible study time. Before we do, we have another question for our quiz. Yeah, that's right. Who was the high priest when Jesus was crucified?
1: 0491 064 669 is the number to call if you know the answer to that one. And if you do, you will go into the draw to win. Snake Bites and Shipwrecks, our incredible board game that we are giving away. It's like a tile building board game where you create, you recreate the journey that Paul went on for his missionary work. Again, if you want to see our terms and conditions for our quiz, you can head to www.faithfm.com.au and see everything there you could possibly need, or you just look up Faith FM Australia in your Google search. But anyways, you are listening to The Breakfast Show, and I'll give you that Question one more time. Who was the high priest when Jesus was crucified? 0491-064-669. Okay,
0: let's go to text messages. Let's find out what you had to say in the first half of the show. And Raphael says, I've always been amazed that a country like Australia doesn't have a high-speed train. Bit of a national shame. Yeah, it's the worst. I I think the formula works a little bit like this. Very long distances combined with a very small population to pay for it. That's kind of that's kind of everything in Australia. It is. Yeah. And this is why we don't have an interstate that goes from New South Wales to Queensland yet. Yeah,
1: which is crazy.
0: Yeah. We're close, you know, Coffs Harbour and Hexham, and you'll have one, but mm. we're close. Mm-hmm. And what did it take is 25 years to get one to Victoria? Mm. So, yeah, that's one of the challenges you have when you have large distances to cover with a small population to pay for it. Mm. Uh, then smartphones the world's library at your fingertips I don't mind that at all will give you knowledge but not wisdom mm. oh so, so true a, a because profound, with, smart with smartphones profundity. there are so many ways in which you can ruin your life that's a fact mm-hmm. uh, nutritional food for children it will definitely improve their minds but not feed the poorer children is but not feeding the, the poorer children that's just unchristian mm. yes The closing of the Presbyterian churches. Christian churches supposed to teach the Christian doctrines. If you believe LGBT lifestyle and live that life which is contrary to Jesus' teaching, what else do you expect? God loves them and is doing everything possible to save them. Unfortunately, many churches and the governments are doing everything possible to make sure they remain spiritually lost. That's demonic, and the truth will make you free. Mm. And then this one on the interview, it says, Feelings, if they are under the control of Jesus, it surely makes you control, it surely makes you control much better. If they are not, there is really nothing to stop you. 20% of Australians suffer from mental and behavioural condition. Well, my wife is the same as yours. She can shop for hours. Like you, I'm a five-minute wonder. I truly believe most men are the same. Nothing wrong with that. As long as you are both happy, all is well. Okay, I wanted to, I wanted to quickly comment
1: on this. So yes. we're seeing this disparity, okay? Like one person goes, does the research goes into the shop for a limited amount of time.
0: Buys it off the shelf, walks out.
1: Yeah. And then the other person likes to spend time in the shop, getting around, you know, feeling it out. So I do kind of both of those things and neither of them at the same time. So you're halfway in between. So what I do is I do no research. I just say, I want this. Yes. I walk into the shop. If if it has it, then I'll just buy it. Yes. And then (laughs) sometimes regret my decision. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes but then other it. times you know get lucky and just get it done so that I can spend as little time as possible thinking about the things that I need
0: I, I, I actually see wisdom in that spend yeah. as little time as possible thinking about the things that you need like yeah. like because
1: I, like oh. in regards to that I'm like oh hey like hey I need clothes and yeah, I'll go do the clothes up oh hey this is clothes buy clothes yeah. Bam. Got to buy shoes. 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 Got shoes. They fit. Yep. Bought. Hey, bam. Leave. Yep. Gone. But actually, I do like spending time at, in the shops. Depends what shop it is. Ah. Uh, okay.
0: I mm. think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, smartphones destroy the brain. Take it away, and they won't. And they won't. Wa- and take it away, and they won't even find their way home.
1: Ooh. Big I don't right know. Have you have, have
0: you heard of Find My iPhone before? Like. That, <laughs> <that's>, that, <laughs> All right, and uh, Freco also says, never go shopping when you are hungry. Believe me, Shell and I have done that on occasions. Mm -hmm. In fact, there's been one or two occasions when we have both walked into the supermarket while we were both really hungry Mm -hmm. and walked out with so much rubbish. (laughs) It's (laughs) the worst idea ever. It's like, what did we buy this for? What are we even going to use that for? You know what? I kind
1: of have an opposite problem. So, whenever I'm at any kind of, you know, maybe church event, gathering, something like that, there will always be, like, leftover food, right? But I've usually eaten so much at that church event. Like, well, not even eaten so much, but after I eat, the last thing I want to think about is food. Yes. I get to a point where I'm full and I just can't even look at food because I'll mm-hmm. just be, like, sick. No. Like, I'm yep. just done. Don't want it. And then people are like, oh, hey, Lawson, do you want these leftovers so I can keep them in the fridge? And I'm like, no like my brain is so anti food at that moment and just and then and then you get home and it's like oh, oh I, I really wanted some I, leftovers i could have taken that fried rice like i could have i could have taken that sushi or whatever it is but instead i was like no i can't even look at food right now and then i put myself out
0: it's terrible uh, very very sad indeed all right <laughs> let's uh let's let's see here do a bible study let's go to a bible study we were in the book of job <laughs> talking about the man yes. job yes and let's just summarize. Job is yeah, you have to sum, you have to understand this story. Job is a righteous man mm. and very wealthy. Mm. Satan goes to heaven and accuses God of giving Job wealth to buy his allegiance. Mm. Does this in front of the whole universe. Mm. Everybody's watching. And uh, if, you know, God has the power to just say Satan just you're a small-minded idiot, go away. Mm. And he could do that now, if God did that, then he actually proves Satan right, mm-hmm. because Satan has made an accusation that has not been that God has refused to answer mm. and when you accuse something somebody of something and they refuse to answer that accusation, it makes them look guilty <laughs> that's right, and so God's like okay, you can uh, you can have job's stuff, just don't take his life and so Satan goes down and uh takes all of his possessions and kills his family, mm. because that's what Satan does, and that's what Satan loves doing. Then Job, he has no idea what's going on. None, He can't tell what's happening, mm. and it's a little bit like us. You see, even with the Bible, when we look at what is going on around us right now, it's kind of like looking at the universe through a pinhole, mm. not even a keyhole, but I'm talking about a pinhole. If you look through a pinhole, you can actually see through it. Mm, yeah. You can You can see a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's pretty limited. And it's kind of like you're looking at the universe through a pinhole down a tube. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well. You know, you're seeing very limited amounts of what is actually going on. And uh, so as a result of that, you've got this whole um, situation where Job has no idea. And so his, his mates turn up and they just sit there for a week, and then they're like, okay, we've got to do something about this because this is not solving itself. Uh, We need to figure out. We need to understand. Mm. We, We need to use our intelligence to figure out why this bad thing is happening to Job. There's got to be a reason for it. I um I Very love... human response. Because we've actually... We've
1: covered the story of Job in this quarter already when you weren't here. Yes. And I actually love how when we looked at it, we dealt with the first couple of chapters and seeing what Job went through in the crucible that that was. And now we're looking at like, okay... What is God's response? God is God's response. Yeah, because we, we then, because it's basically three sections, the book of Job. Yes. You've got, you've got this, like, you've got the, what happens in heaven and the results of that in terms of him losing everything. Yep. You've got, then got this period of questioning that takes place. And then what we got into yesterday was, okay, well, what does God actually say to this? That's because right. I think for most of us, we think like, oh yeah, the book of Job concludes with him finishing the trial and being blessed. Yes. But, in, in in and amongst that blessing, there is some serious questions that God lays down to open up. As you said, we're looking at a at the universe through a pinhole in a tube. Yes, and it's like God kind of opens up the, he widens
0: the it's pinhole. Just, so so just, yeah, that's right. Even
1: even like that pinhole is through a door. That's right. He just opens the door. That's right. He he gives us some insight. And just simply by asking questions. yeah, it's Like, he, what do you know about this? What do you know about he that? He gives us what some you know insight the into the, the vastness of the universe, the specificity of his mission as well, like what he's actually trying to achieve through the suffering. Like we actually, we get to see like, oh, oh, wow, look at how much God is considering compared to what we're considering or compared to what Job and his friends are considering. Like this is so much broader than any of them, could really think about.
0: Yeah, most certainly is.
1: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: And, you know, one of the things that I see taking place here in this whole story is when Job's comforters come around to, they've come around to try and figure it out. Mm. And they've come around to, well, this, there must be a reason for this. There's a reason for everything, so there must be a reason for this. And ultimately what they come back to is, it must be you. It's got to be you. It's got to be about you. Mm. And sometimes I think we take a very narcissistic attitude towards the trials that come our way, the terrible things Mm. that come our way. And we like well. This must be about us. This must be for my benefit somewhere along the line. Whereas it may not have anything to do with you. It mm. may not have anything to do with your benefit. It may have absolutely no reason whatsoever at all that is attached to you. Job did not need to go through this experience to become more faithful. Mm. He was already faithful. So true. Job did not go through need to go through this experience to learn stuff. You already because there's that. a whole lot of stuff he doesn't know. Even at the end, God's yeah. asking a bunch of questions. Don't give answers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Job doesn't need to go through this experience so that he's more saved. Mm. This is not about Job. It's mm. got nothing to do with Job. The, 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 his comfort is there and is like, Job, this is all about you. You know, and, and it's a very narcissistic approach. It's it's very self-centered. It's it's very much and, and often I think that we have this human desire, the same as Job's friends did, to find meaning and to find a reason for everything that happens in our life. And sometimes there isn't. Mm. I think
1: that this also, there's there's like two sides to the coin or, or maybe there's like a spectrum that we can look at because you've got one side where they're making very clear judgment and saying like, this is your fault as a result of your wrongdoing, you're getting like... You're, this yeah, is coming upon you uh, at the same time. I feel like often Christians, this is more of a modern Christian phenomena, people appealing to the idea that we shouldn't have any ability to discern or to think about, you know, the things that, that happen to us. And when the Bible so clearly says like, you know, like, don't you know that you even like the saints will judge the world and you will judge angels. How much more can you just judge simple matters that happen within the church? Like, We need to possess discernment. In fact, it's a gift that God is trying to give us so that we can understand the different situations they're in, particularly related to, like, in this situation of Job, the reality is he's done nothing wrong, and then he's being smashed with all these trials. I think people tend to appeal to this idea of, like, who are we to judge when, not when they see someone going through trials, but when they see people doing the wrong thing. And then they're like, oh, who are we to judge? You know, these people struggling. I'm like, like... That's what we're called to do. We're called to discern and to make decisions because it helps these people. It helps us. It helps everyone. Uh, but ultimately, what I can see is going to either side, like casting absolute absolute blame and condemnation when not having a full perspective of what's going on, like yeah. his friends are doing, or uh, absolutely avoiding that because you just want to appeal to saying like, oh, we should just let ev- anything go. Both of those sides don't actually. Actually help anyone of course the specific situation that we're seeing here with Job is like that they're appealing to that side of trying to cast blame and condemnation on onto him as to what you know for things that he's
0: done and that's what he's
1: receiving it's not helping him
0: and see this this is the this is the thing there are many times when bad things come our way for a reason mm. that is directly associated with us yes uh the and, and, and you know, we can often see that. Sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. Mm-hmm. You know, so bad things might come your way. For instance, when I was a kid, my mother passed away. And so I might look at that circumstance and say, well, why? Mm. You know, I've asked that question like a billion times because I'm a human being and that's what human beings do. Mm. Why? Uh, was that something that I needed to go through or was that just Satan creating havoc in the world? And to this day I've never come up with an answer. Mm. And you know what? I'm cool with that. Mm. If there is an answer to that that I need to know, God will reveal it to me. And Mm -hmm. if there isn't, if it's just one of those situations where I don't see the bigger picture, I don't see what's going on in the rest of the universe, if it's just one of those situations where Satan is just being Satan, Mm -hmm. which he is from time to time, uh, then where and and so bad things happen for no reason, Uh then I can understand that as well. I totally get that. That's
1: so true. Like we live in a world of sin. Yes. Where, you know, and what does sin cause? It's like, you know, we all have freedom of will. And when there's no sin, all of our freedoms of will are harmonious and all allow us to do the things that we want in a harmonious sense. But when sin exists, all of our freedom of wills contradict one another. And then ultimately, like, you know, because of that contradiction of freedom of will, someone dies, not because they want to die, but because they're killed by someone. So their their freedom of will is is kind of contradicted. And it's like, yeah, there's... It's not God's fault, for example. Like, it's not, oh, this happened for a reason. Like, if if I go to, I don't know, the supermarket and a guy runs in with a knife and stabs me to death. And now, you know, there could be a reason for that. But also, it's likely that we live in a world of sin and this person stabbed me to death because they are influenced by living in a world of sin. They have their own freedom of will that contradicted mine. And as a result, I died. And so uh, yeah, I feel like there's such wisdom in in saying in regards to like God has a will for people's life, you know, to follow him like in such a general sense, but there is real wisdom in saying, hey, we also live in a world of sin, that yes, God is working in and through, but we need to recognize that um, <laughs> yeah, we, we can't we can't give a reason for everything, ultimately this is the way the world is. And all we can do, even when something it, it's impossible to find meaning and reason, all we can do is just appeal back to God. It's like, Oh, Hey, look, I don't know why this happened. And you know, maybe God is, or isn't doing this to me or whatever, you know, sometimes you find answers, sometimes you don't, but we can just go back to, Hey, but as long as I'm striving to be closer and closer to God, I'll get through this. Yes, That's, that's the opportunity that we have. And that's like the route that Job takes. That's right. He's like, I don't know. Yep, I don't know anything. I'm like, <laughs> I literally have no idea, but I'll be close to God. That's I'll right. have a relationship with him.
0: And God kind of illustrates that with, you know, 60 different jaw-dropping questions mm. that he just drops on Job. It's like, okay, hey, Job, answer me this. Are we going to continue reading? Yeah, we are. Let's go I, to... I think we're in verse 6. No, no, no. Let's jump ahead because we're... I don't have enough time here left. Mm -hmm. Let's go to chapter 42. 42, okay. No, 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 no. Let's go to chapter 40. Uh huh. Verse 4 and 5. So, after all of these questions, how does Job respond?
1: Uh huh. Job responds to the Lord. Then Job replied to the Lord I am nothing. How could I ever find the answers? I will cover my mouth with my hand. I have said too much already. I have nothing more to say. Ever felt like
0: that? <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's like you go off it's like, yeah, I'm an expert on this and you start talking, spouting forth. I've, I've done it myself from time to time and you know, waxing eloquent on a particular subject and then somebody else pipes up and starts talking and you suddenly realise they have a PhD in that subject and they actually do know what they're talking about and it's like, <laughs> oops, now I'll shut up. Or even if they don't.
1: Even, that's even worse. If, they, if they've just like done more casual research into something yes. than you have, yes.
0: and you're like, oh, dude, that's tough. It is. And, and you can sort of see Job here at this particular point because they've been discussing this backwards and forwards. They've been having a, a very vibrant conversation between Job and his friends as to why is this taking place? And guys, like, you guys have been trying to figure this out? You guys actually don't know much. And I love how... All of this is framed
1: within God just asking them such pointing questions. Yes. Like God doesn't even
0: tell them anything. <laughs> no. He just asks them He stuff. just illustrates the point he's that like... you don't see the big picture. You <laughs> don't actually know what's going on here. Yeah. All right. So let's continue on from there um, because once Job gets to this point, he's had 60 questions dropped his way. He doesn't have an answer for a single one of them. Uh when he once he gets to this point and he says, Okay, that's it, I'm not gonna say any more. Does God stop? Nope. The Lord
1: challenges Job again. That's like the subheading for the next section in in my Bible in verse six it says, And the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind, Brace yourself like a man, we've heard this before, because I have some questions for you and you must answer them. Will you discredit my justice and condemn me just to prove you are right? Are you as strong as God? Can you thunder with a voice like his? All right, put on your glory and splendor, your honor and majesty. Give vent to your anger. Let it overflow against the proud. Humiliate the proud with a glance. Walk on the wicked where they they stand. Bury them in the dust. Imprison them in a world of the dead. Then even I would praise you for your own strength would
0: save you. Yeah, wow. It, it, now, now God comes out with the really big ones. You mm. know. You're know, going to question my justice? Mm. You're going to question what I do? You're mm. to, really? You're going to go down that path? Wow. Okay, so we've got some interesting stuff to think about. You're listening to The
1: Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
0: Mm. It is The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. Time for the last question for our quiz. Get in and answer this one. This has been one of our most popular prizes. And so you need to get yourself in the running. You might win it. That's right. In Third John,
1: the writer said he had much to write about, but he didn't want to use what two things. Instead, he would wait to speak face to face to them. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. If you know the answer to that one, if you do, you will go into the draw to win snake Bites and Shipwrecks, our prize for this week. The epic board game where you map out Paul's missionary journey. But again, I want to read that question because it was kind of long. In 3rd John, the writer said he had much to write about, but he didn't want to use too much of what two things. Instead, he would wait to speak to them face to face. 0491 064. Six six nine is the number to call a text, and you'll know. You will go on the draw if you answer correctly.
0: All right, so give us a call right now. Okay, we're gonna to go to Job chapter 42 now. We're gonna skip forward ahead. And we're going to we now come to the end of where Job God has finished questioning Job. Uh-huh. So he asked sixty questions, Job's like, I've got nothing to say. Mm-hmm. Then he asks another slew of really big questions, and now we get Job's final response.
1: Then Job replied to the Lord, "'I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you.' "'You asked, "'Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance?' "'It is I, and I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things far too wonderful for me.' "'You said, "'Listen, I will speak. I have some questions for you, and you must answer them.' "'I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes.' I take back everything I said, and I sit in dust and ashes to
0: show my repentance. Okay, so interesting here. So, here is what's interesting: mm-hmm. Does God answer any of his questions? No. Does God answer any of Job's questions? No. Does God tell Job, "Oh, this is what happened. This is why it happened"? No. Does God go to Job's comforters and answer their questions? Mm-mm. What does God do, and how does this bring comfort? he just brings these people to the conclusion
1: that i firstly i know more about everything than you do yes and secondly i also like care about you enough to to speak to you
0: okay so how does that how does that then bring comfort and and, and this is this is some one of the things that i want us to to stop and think about because as human beings we always think that we will get comfort, we will get closure when we have answers to our questions. So We're always true. looking for answers. We can't find we can't find any closure, we can't find any comfort without answers to our questions. Mm. But here you've got a fascinating paradox. Because hope and encouragement can come from the realization that we know so little. Yeah. And this is where Job come to comes to. He realizes that he knows so little that God is so big and uh, that God hasn't forgotten him. Mm. It's, it's, it, you know, and This is what I, one of the things I love about the passage we're just looking at right here where it says, um, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes have seen you. Mm. And so Job has been through this experience where he's been a man of faith and he has lived the life of faith. He has been a follower of God. He has been a servant of God. Now he's actually had a conversation with God. Mm-hmm. It's very different from any previous uh, religious experience he's had in the past. He's actually had a conversation with God and uh, as a result of that, he's realized that, number one, God is incredibly big and powerful mm. and, number two, God is interested in him as an individual. Mm. Therefore, he can trust this to God knowing that God knows what is best. hmm then, of course, you know the author of the Book of Job, whether it is Job or Moses, whoever it might be, uh, comes through with this uh, concept that um, you know, and, and reveals actually what is going on behind the scenes, so that it's just not a situation of God saying, "Hey, look, just shut up and don't ask questions." Mm. It is God revealing that yes, there are reasons for things that happen. And sometimes those reasons might be very different from what you are thinking they might be. It's so true. Uh, but God is big and God knows and God hasn't forgotten you and God cares for you and God loves you. And so because of all of that, don't give up. Mm. You're just seeing the small picture. Mm-hmm. You don't see what's going on. Mm. I lost my mother when I was young. I have no idea why. Mm. I only see the small picture. All I see is that I lost my mother. There is a whole big picture out there somewhere in the universe that I can trust into God's hands, knowing that He is so much bigger and more powerful than I am, and that He still cares for me. Mm. And that he cares for me beyond what I, I can even begin to imagine that He cares for me. Mm. So, you know, instinctively we try and find comfort by knowing everything. Mm-hmm. That's where we try and find comfort. And we become start, discouraged when we can't know. Mm because there's so much that we can't know. But sometimes God highlights our ignorance so that we can realize that human hope can find security only in someone greater than ourselves, Mm -hmm. and that's God. I, I think this is so
1: amazing because this is the thing. like God is good, and there will come a day in which we will know why these things happen in which God will be transparent, in which God will ultimately and absolutely save us and there will be no more sin or pain or death or suffering. Um, and until we get to that day, well, then it's like, oh, well, you know, a lot of people say, like, if God just showed up to me, it's like, oh, yeah, sure, Job got it in the end because God showed up. You know, he went through all this thing and, yeah, God, God might not have answered all these questions, but, like, God showed up in a whirlwind. whirlwind. But the reality is, I, I believe that it is well, the fact that we have the Word of God and we have the ability to study it and we have the ability to scrutinize it and to pull it apart and ultimately come and to realize like there is so much overwhelming, abundant evidence that God exists. Mm-hmm. We, we actually don't need God to physically and audibly speak to us. We can read the Word of God. We can come to a conclusion very easily. But then the next step for us Where faith comes in is like, well, everything that I know about God from, you know, this book that is admittedly not very long, but gives us plenty of evidence to prove that he exists. Am I actually willing to trust him, Mm -hmm. knowing that there will be a day in which God will be transparent and show me, but getting that information right now actually isn't going to help me. What I need right now is to realize I have everything I need to be able to believe in God, so I'm going to trust him. Absolutely. And and I would I would go as far to say, man, the only thing that we need to believe that we can trust in God is just look at Calvary. Absolutely. Like, if God is willing to do that for us, what else isn't he willing to do for us? We've
0: got a bunch of text messages here. Sky oh, says, epic. imagine if Job had a friend next to him that had gone through something similar, how they could have helped him. Perhaps Job was then able to be a blessing to others by his pain and his experience. Mm. And I've got no question that Job was able to be a blessing to others. What's interesting is that when, you know, and I'm drawing on personal experience here, when I lost my mother when I was a kid, my father looked for meaning. Mm-hmm. Why? And it was one of the reasons we're like, well, maybe this is the meaning. Maybe this is why. Maybe I'm, maybe God's calling me to be a blessing to others who are going through similar circumstances. And there was times when He reached out to others who were going through similar things. But you know what? It just really wasn't my dad's. You know, it, it was a blessing what he was able to do, but it really wasn't his calling. Mm. That's not why that happened. And yes, you can use that, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's why. Mm. Uh, then God uses our pain to help others. I've noticed I've often met people who have gone through domestic violence and it's an opportunity to share my faith and hopefully comfort them. Sky, that is absolutely fantastic and amazing and uh, really appreciate what you're doing there and it's such an important work. And if you do go through something traumatic and you can use it to be a blessing to others, then that's fantastic. Please do so. Mm. Uh, Wayne says, While I was walking and talking to God yesterday... About our study in the crucible with Christ, I was picturing the cover of the book, Jesus in the Crucible with Me, refining and creating a new character. Mm. You can see in the picture the end result is a new heart. Uh, this scripture came to mind, Ezekiel 36, 26-27. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. That was from Wayne. Fantastic, uh, guys. Really appreciate everything you have to contribute to the Bible study this morning. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And that means that it is time for... I still have some answers for our
1: questions. That's right, our answers for our question. The first one is, those that receive the gift of tongues are able to do what, according to Acts chapter 2? Speak in other languages. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, you'll find Paul discuss the armor of God. The message of Obadiah was directly um, primarily to the Edomites, or people from Edom, which was... D, letter D out of those four answers. Uh, It was Caiaphas, who was the high priest during Jesus' crucifixion. And finally, John, in 3rd John, he didn't want to write anything else because he wanted to save that that ink and pen. He was like, hey, this is a tough commodity to find in the ancient world, and so I'd rather just talk to you. But right now, it is time for...
0: Question of the Day!
1: All right, Lyle, our question of the day today is from First Corinthians 14 and verse 2. No, oh, that's not question of the day. Which one are we doing?
0: The one about Job. Oh, 325. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> what is, what is, what is Job 325 about? Where did, where did you find this question? It's not on my page Producer
0: Shell came in with this question a little while back and I said, yes, we'll do it. For All right, well, let's so discuss it. Doing.
1: Job 325.
0: Okay, so Job 325. It says this, it's an interesting passage. It says, for the thing which I have, which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of has come unto me. Mm. So what's going on here? So what we're going to do is we're going to put that in the context of Job 1 and verse 1. Mm-hmm. Because in Job 1 and verse 1, the Bible says there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. So the Bible says a number of things about Job. It says he was perfect, it says he was upright, it, was, it says that he honoured God and that he turned away from evil. That's what the Bible says. Mm. Okay, so if Job was a perfect and upright person who feared God and turned away from evil, then that also means that Job was a sinner saved by grace. So when the Bible says that he's a perfect man, well, the simple reality is is that there is no human being on the planet who is perfect other than Jesus Christ because the Bible mm-hmm. says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so when we read here that he was a perfect man, then we should not assume that he was sinless like Jesus. mm mm-hmm. We should assume that he was a man, therefore he was a sinner like the rest of us, but also saved by grace. And so we should not be looking at Job and looking for perfection. And clearly that's kind of what the whole story is all about. Job goes looking for answers and he's not able to find those answers. Why is he not able to find those answers? Because he is an imperfect human being. Mm -hmm. He is perfect in Jesus Christ because he is under grace, the grace of Jesus Christ, but he is imperfect because he is a human being and therefore is, you know, simply not able to answer a whole slew of questions that God asks him and is certainly not able to answer the question as to why all of this trouble has befallen him mm. and so there's a number of things here you know people people look at job and like oh you know this this is this they kind of look at job as being like Jesus in some ways but they forget that not only does the Bible speak about his fear here uh, in chapter three and verse twenty five um, he he also speaks about the fact that he regretted ever being born, mm. um, and somebody who is somebody who comes along and says, "Look, I wish I was never born," that's somebody who is definitely suffering from depression. Mm. So here's somebody suffering from depression, regretting being born. Uh, he's had some fears, he's had some anxiety in his life. Uh, then he desires to die. He's just better off dead. He doesn't obviously commit the sin of you know committing suicide or anything like that, but he's definitely depressed. And uh, then you find that you know the, all of this questioning takes place, and he's, and he's asking, you know, has the nature of God changed? I always believed that God was a loving God, but has has you know has God changed in some ways? I don't understand this. I, he doesn't understand what is going on, and so there are a lot of imperfections that you can find in the story of Job if you want to find imperfections. The issue here is that we should not be concerned about the imperfections. We should actually be encouraged by the imperfections because when we look at ourselves, what do we see? Mm. Imperfections. Yeah. And when we see that the Bible can say this about Job, that he was a perfect and an upright man, somebody who who feared God and eschewed evil, we can find somebody that we can also relate to. Mm. So what does that actually mean for us? It means that Job... Was not without it does not mean that Job was without sin. It means that Job was fully surrendered to God. Yes. With mm. those various courses. So I just encourage anybody to give us a call. We we can set you up with a catalogue of everything that they have available. But as you go through this day, don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God, be with you we with Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one 800 faith FM.